June's Journey is a fascinating hidden object mystery gaming app where you'll play as June Parker, tasked with a daunting obligation, solve your sister's murder. Set in the 1920s, the era of glitz and glam, this family mystery is one for the ages. Everyone's a suspect until your investigation determines otherwise. The clues are all around you, hidden within tricky twists and turns. You'll collect detailed information about each character in your photo album where you'll comb over every detail. You can even join a detective's club to chat and play with others or against them in the detective's league. With hundreds of puzzles to solve, you should probably get started today. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Audible is the destination for thrilling audio entertainment with highly anticipated new releases. The time is now more than ever to embrace the breathtaking, sinister, and shocking tales that can enthrall you, especially with brand new exclusive thrillers from best-selling authors who are guaranteed to keep you gripped, like Amy Tintera's Listen for the Lie. With exclusive thrillers from best-selling authors, captivating sound design, and dynamic performances, Audible brings these stories to life like never before. And as a member, you can choose one title a month to keep from their entire catalog. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. On this New Year's Day, America hits 20 million COVID cases. The new, more contagious strain is found in a third state, and researchers say it could be the dominant strain by spring. New details on the Wisconsin pharmacist who admits to deliberately spoiling hundreds of vaccine doses. The potential charges, and what happens to dozens of patients who may have received defective vaccine. Also tonight, the slow rollout. Why is distribution falling so far short? and why big box stores could soon be vaccine centers. Breaking news, a rare rebuke. For the first time, Congress overrides a veto by President Trump as the defense bill becomes law. Last ditch challenge. The president calls on supporters to march on Washington to protest the election, and more than 100 House Republicans may try to block Joe Biden's certification as president. Only on CBS News, a Princeton scholar who was held hostage for years by Iran has an ominous warning for the incoming president about Iran's intentions and what that could mean for America. New year, new severe weather. Cars sliding off roads and blizzard-like conditions in the plains, plus new tornado threats tonight. Caught on camera, Police rescue a mom and daughter from the chilly waters of Baltimore's inner harbor. And we go on the road with Steve Hartman, how a broken life became a beacon for kindness. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. 
Good evening and Happy New Year. Nora is off tonight. I'm Margaret Brennan. We begin tonight with sobering numbers on the coronavirus pandemic. Confirmed cases in the U.S. now top 20 million, nearly a quarter of the world's total. Half of America's cases were reported in the past two months. Tonight, the COVID death toll has passed 347,000. And that new strain of the virus that's far easier to catch has now been found in a third state, Florida. That strain accounts for about 60 percent of new infections in London, England. And researchers fear it could spread quickly in this country. Infections are already racing out of control in California. Los Angeles County has reportedly shut down five clinics, shifting those doctors over to hospitals because they are just overwhelmed with COVID patients. The slow rollout of the COVID vaccines isn't helping matters. And now a pharmacist in Wisconsin has been arrested after admitting to tampering with hundreds of vaccine doses. Tonight, dozens of patients are wondering if the shots they received were spoiled. There is a lot of new reporting for you and your family tonight, and our team of correspondents is following it all, beginning with Manuel Bajorquez in South Florida. Good evening, Manny. Good evening, Margaret. Officials say that new case of the COVID variant was reported in a man in his 20s with no travel history. The announcement came on the same day that Florida broke its single-day record for new cases with more than 17,000. The new year also brought a new strain of COVID to Florida. Finding variants is key to stopping new clusters. But the U.S. is doing only a fraction of the genetic sequencing needed, says James Liu, president of Helix, a company helping to track the presence of this new strain. We're probably undersampling. We're likely to be having some circulation of that within the community itself. First identified in the U.K., it's believed to be 50 percent more contagious. And there is growing worry that these few cases might be the tip of the iceberg because it spreads faster. Daniela Lavinkava is mayor of Miami-Dade County. How concerned are you about a more contagious variant out there? I am very concerned. This new variant, more contagious, just tells us once again that this is not child's play. In Philadelphia, groups gather to protest the cancellation of the historic New Year's Day Mummers Parade. While in New York, deputy sheriffs shut down several illegal New Year's Eve parties. In California, hundreds attended a religious service and protested indoor limitations on churches. There's greater good in being here than there is being afraid of a virus. Forty percent of new cases are coming from southern states. In Texas, hospitalization records have been broken at least four days straight, up 36 percent in the last month. California is averaging 250 deaths a day, a 300 percent increase from a month ago. In the epicenter of Los Angeles, someone is dying from the virus every 10 minutes. Many hospitals are overwhelmed. So are health care workers. Scott Brickner is a nurse at Cedars-Sinai Hospital. It's like treading water from 100 feet below the surface. You're already drowning, but you just have to keep trying because that's what you can do. As for the new COVID variant, officials do believe the approved vaccines should protect against it. In the meantime, here in Florida, hospitalizations are up 49% in the past month. Margaret? Manny Bajorquez in Miami. The vaccine rollout has been moving far slower than the Trump administration projected. Only a fraction of the promised doses have been administered, and now there has been an act of sabotage. CBS's Nikki Batiste has those late details. 
Police have arrested a Wisconsin pharmacist who admitted to tampering with more than 500 doses of the Moderna vaccine, rendering them potentially ineffective. The individual was suspended and admitted to intentionally removing the vaccine from refrigeration. His motive is still unknown, but the FBI is now involved. Aurora Healthcare says dozens were vaccinated from those tampered vials. The 57 recipients of those vaccines have been notified. At this time, there is no evidence that the vaccinations pose any harm to them. Across the country, there are continued glitches with the vaccine rollout. In West Virginia, 42 people were accidentally given Regeneron antibodies instead of the vaccine. In Oregon, a hospital employee was hospitalized after having a severe allergic reaction to the Moderna vaccine, but is recovering. Nationwide, 20 million first doses were supposed to be in people's arms by now. So far, just 12.5 million doses have been distributed. Less than 3 million have actually been administered. It's been just 12 days. There's two holidays. There's been three major snowstorms, and I believe that uptake will increase significantly. New Jersey is moving forward, converting abandoned big box stores into large-scale vaccination sites. So Americans can have hope. Americans should have hope. And, you know, we have to do better. No question about it. But we will do better. Mayor Bill de Blasio says his New Year's resolution is to get one million New York City residents a vaccine by the end of January. So far, the city has received nearly 360 vaccines, but only about 98,000 doses have been given. The mayor says vaccine hubs will be launched to help expedite distribution. Margaret? We'll be watching that. Thank you, Nikki. Today, for the first time, Congress voted to override a veto from President Trump. At issue is a massive defense bill which the president wanted to use to strip power from technology companies. He also objected to foreign aid and the removing of names of Confederate officials from military installations. Here's CBS's Weijia Jiang. The bill on reconsideration is passed. Republicans and Democrats united against President Trump, delivering the first veto override of his term. The president attempted to block passage of the defense bill, a critical budget and policy measure that helps fund the military. The override marks a rare public rebuke of Mr. Trump by his own party. We've passed this legislation 59 years in a row. And one way or another, we're going to complete the 60th annual NDAA. President Trump remained out of sight on this New Year's Day, but on Twitter promoted what he called the big protest to stop the steal. The president's supporters plan to pack Washington on Wednesday when Congress will certify the election results. Today, in a new court filing, Texas Congressman Louis Gohmert said the Congress is set for a showdown on January 6th with over 140. 40 House members pledging to object to Mr. Biden's claim of victory. And he said Vice President Mike Pence has the sole power to decide the outcome, which is not true. Just last night, the Justice Department asked a federal judge to reject Gohmert's lawsuit on behalf of Mr. Pence. Republican Josh Hawley is the only senator who has said he plans to object to President-elect Joe Biden's victory. 
CBS News has learned Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell held a conference call on Thursday asking Hawley to lay out his plans, but Hawley was not on it. Meanwhile, Georgia GOP Senator David Perdue is fighting to keep his seat in a runoff election on Tuesday, but he's quarantining after someone on his campaign tested positive for COVID-19. We've been testing our team regularly. The Georgia runoffs will determine control of the U.S. Senate with stakes so high. Today, Vice President Pence announced he will campaign there on Monday in addition to a rally President Trump is holding. President-elect Biden and Vice President-elect Harris also plan to hold events in Georgia before Election Day. Margaret? High stakes. Thank you, Weijia Jiang. Tonight, U.S. military officials tell CBS News that Iran and its militias may be planning to attack act against a U.S. embassy or military base in the region. This, as a top Iranian commander, is vowing revenge for the U.S. airstrike that killed General Qasem Soleimani one year ago. With tension mounting, we spoke with an American recently released from an Iranian prison. This is the, <laughs> the birthday gift my son has drawn. Um... That's a great picture. Nice work. Yeah, and it's all by me. <laughs> After three and a half years of separation, Princeton scholar Xie Wang's best birthday present was time spent with his wife Hua and their son Xiaofan. How old are you? Seven. Seven. When I came back, uh, when we had our first uh, meeting, he recognized me instantly. Uh, yeah. That was a very touching moment. His son was just a toddler when Xie was imprisoned in Iran on fabricated charges of espionage. <laughs> Xie says he's just a scholar and targeted because he's American. Ministry of Intelligence interrogator uh, told me clearly that they need me uh, as a spy uh, uh, to convict me so that they can do a deal with the United States. Your captor explicitly told you that's what they were doing? Very explicitly, yes. And uh, you are not the first American, and you can be assured that you are not the last American uh, to be in Iranian jail. In December 2019, President Trump swapped a jailed Iranian scientist for Shia. Do you think Iran got what it wanted? They didn't get uh, everything they had hoped for. They wanted money. They told me they wanted uh, the, uh, their frozen asset uh, being released to them. At least three other Americans are still being held. Shia met one, Siamak Namazi, in prison. President-elect Biden wants to try out diplomacy with Iran to tackle its nuclear program. But expert Suzanne Maloney says that shouldn't be the only issue. There needs to be negotiations around the nuclear issue. But that doesn't mean subordinating the other sets of concerns, particularly the lives of Americans who are held in Iranian prisons. Shia is urging Biden to make returning the Americans his first priority. Without their return, no deal with Iran. Now, Shia is urging President-elect Biden not to lift financial pressure off Iran too quickly. The Biden team has offered to rejoin the nuclear deal with Iran, which would lift some sanctions worth billions and lay the groundwork for future talks. The slow COVID vaccine rollout here means many Americans will have to wait months to be vaccinated. But in poorer nations, the wait could be years. A handful of rich countries, including the U.S. and Canada, have 14 percent of the world's population, but control 53 percent of the vaccine supply. Here's CBS's Elizabeth Palmer. Every morning, new COVID victims arrive at Tehran's main cemetery. The bodies are disinfected before grieving families lay them to rest. 
Across the developing world, the pandemic has hit hard. With over half a million dead and no access to vaccines, rich countries have locked up. How balanced is the distribution of the vaccines globally at the moment? A country like Canada has more than 10 doses per capita. Big parts of the poorest countries in the world have not secured a a single dose yet. In Tel Aviv, overjoyed medical staff welcomed their very first vaccine delivery. Israel is aiming to vaccinate its entire population by March, before most African countries can even get started. The Oxford-AstraZeneca vaccine just approved here in the UK could be a game-changer. Cheap, easy to transport and to store, it looks like it might be the answer for billions of people in the developing world. But the rollout will take time, and until it's well underway, we're all vulnerable. We know that um, high-income countries aren't safe unless everybody in the world is safe. We have to protect everybody. Global immunization will give us back safe travel, healthy economies, and a return to normal. But epidemiologists say probably not before 2023. Elizabeth Palmer, CBS News, London. The new year is bringing freezing rain and snow to the Great Plains and much of the Midwest. In Oklahoma, icy roads made for slick driving conditions. There were downed trees and power outages from Kansas to Ohio. And in Georgia, a tornado flipped a mobile home on its side, but no one was hurt. Many Americans got a raise today when the minimum wage went up in parts of the country. All told, 20 states... 32 cities and counties are raising their pay rate. In 27 of them, the minimum wage is now $15 an hour. Five other states, along with 18 cities and counties, are set to raise wages later this year. Today, police in Baltimore released footage of a harrowing water rescue. A woman had jumped into the inner harbor with her six-year-old daughter last month. Officers dove in after them. The little girl was unresponsive when they pulled her out. They drove her to the hospital in their patrol car. And the good news is both mother and child survived. As painful as 2020 was, CBS's Steve Hartman shared stories that gave us hope. Tonight, Steve's back on the road to revisit a favorite. Any electrician can flip a switch. But only John Kinney of Woburn, Massachusetts can make a customer light up like this. Please don't pinch me because I don't want to wake up. Yeah. <laughs> That's one fine electrician. <laughs> oh, a thousand times over. As we first reported a few months ago, it all started when 73-year-old Gloria Scott called John to fix a ceiling light. But he soon discovered that broken light was the least of her problems. Too poor to make any house repairs and too prideful to ask for help, Gloria's house was in total disrepair. No lights, no running water. I think I seen on a Friday, and it stuck with me over the weekend. I said, I got to go back there, you know. So John returned and started working for free. He also started a Facebook page titled, Nice Old Lady Needs Help, where he called on other tradespeople to join him. On the Facebook page, you said, it's not like we're trying to rebuild her whole house. (laughs) Yeah, well, now it looks like we are. (laughs) It sure does. This whole porch is going to get rebuilt. You can see up there, that's where like a lot of the raccoons and stuff were getting in. They spent months putting in all new electrical, all new plumbing, new windows and walls and ceilings. 
almost everything got repaired or replaced, from the backyard lawn to the front porch steps. Wow. It's what you're supposed to do. It's what you're supposed to do. Seems the whole town of Woburn has bought into that mantra. Come on. <laughs> and as a result, today, the old eyesore is a sight for sore eyes. All her blight replaced with pure delight. I can't even comprehend the gratitude that I have. John is equally speechless. Yep. It's just, there's no words for it, you know. It's not going to end with this house, though, either, is it? I don't want it to, and that's why we put a name to it, the Glorious Gladiators, and we want to keep going with this. John is now setting up chapters of Glorious Gladiators across the country, helping seniors in similar situations. Seniors like Gloria Scott, who had a broken light, but now shines brightly thanks to an electrician, hardwired for kindness. Steve Hartman, On the Road. In Woburn, Massachusetts. Sunday on Face the Nation, my guests will include Dr. Monsef Slawi, the head of Operation Warp Speed, and former FDA Commissioner Dr. Scott Gottlieb. If you can't watch us live, set your DVR so you can watch us later. And that is tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Margaret Brennan. Nora O'Donnell is back on Monday. I will see you Sunday. Have a good night. This is Stephen Colbert, here to talk to you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is our podcast of The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. I'm here with my producer, Becca. Becca, what can people expect on the podcast? The extended moments, for sure. For instance, if I'm talking to Tom Hanks for like 20 minutes, only 14 of that ever makes it to air because we just don't have time. And Tom's a jabberjaw. You know, he's a chatty Cathy. But it's all gold because it's Tom Hanks, and we put that on the podcast. We do. Yeah, that's value added. Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts. Some puzzles are hard to solve. Others are hard to prove. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings, wherever you get your podcasts. Access episodes early and ad-free with 48 Hours Plus on Apple Podcasts.